Volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello, listeners, and welcome to season two of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. My name is Sal Sylvester. I'm your host. I'm also the founder of 512 Solutions Consulting Group, an executive coaching and leadership development firm in Boulder, Colorado. I am also the founder of Coachmetrics, a cloud-based tool that we developed to help measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. Thanks for joining me today and talking about the future of leadership. We all have very core and human needs, and those needs don't stop when we pass through the doors of our offices and our workplaces. After coaching and training thousands of leaders across the globe, I've come to realize that regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of even location, everyone has some very common core human workplace needs. I think about them as the six C's. They all start with C to make it easier to remember. The first one is connection with people. People want to have meaningful and fulfilling relationships with their colleagues and with their manager. They want to know that they're loved. The second is contributions are valued. People want to feel valued for the contributions that they're making in the workplace. They ultimately want to know that they matter. The third is safety or certainty to create safety. Psychological safety to take risk, to express differing opinions, to ask for and offer help. People want to know that they can feel safe doing that. The fourth is clarity of the what and the how. People need clear roles and clear goals. That's the what. And they need clear behavioral expectations. They, that's the how. They ultimately want to know what's expected of them. So those are the four core needs, and they're common to everybody. There are two additional higher level needs. We call these fulfillment needs because when these needs are also met in the workplace, we see much higher levels of engagement and, frankly, happiness. So the fifth need is challenge and growth. Challenging work provides the opportunity to develop and to evolve. People want to know, am I growing? The sixth need, the highest level need, if you will, is about community impact. People want to know that they're making an impact beyond themselves, that they're making a contribution to their local and or global community, and that they're ultimately making a difference. I've noticed that these needs play out at all levels. The chief operating officer of a company has the same need to feel valued from his or her chief executive officer as that frontline worker does. Unfortunately, much of our suffering in the workplace and frankly at home comes when we work in an environment that doesn't meet those core human needs. None of this is soft. None of this is Pollyanna. In fact, I would argue that when leaders create environments where people can be more of who they really are, more of humanity that is able to be brought out and come out in the workplace, those leaders will create businesses and environments that thrive. I've been feeling called to speak louder about this, to speak louder about how our changes in our workplace and changes in society will ultimately impact who leaders need to be in the future. And as part of that, part of that calling for me personally is that I envision a better world. 
I envision a better workplace and one that brings more humanity in business. It's a dream of my company, 512 Solutions and Coach Metrics, that I believe can help bring more of this to life. So how do we do this? How do we bring more of who people are into the workplace? How do we bring more humanity into the workplace? That's what today's episode is about. You're going to hear from a very talented, forward-thinking leader about how he's created a platform for people to thrive and how he sees business as a platform for growth. Our guest today is Eric Reamer. Eric has been starting businesses and creating platforms since he started a flower delivery company in college. After a short stint working in investment banking, he realized that he was more passionate about building companies than advising them. Over the last 20 years, he started and sold three businesses. His current venture, Ever Commerce, started in 2006, has grown to over 1,500 employees. They serve more than 200,000 customers worldwide, and they recently closed a round of financing that valued them at over $2 billion. Eric credits a large part of his company's success to its culture, something that he's really embraced and championed from the beginning. And also to foster a critical combination of what he deems selflessness and selfishness. It's his belief that in business, regardless of the product you're selling and the market you're selling to, creating an open, well-intentioned environment that allows team members to thrive as people and professionals, that's the selflessness part, will create the most successful, enjoyable workplace. That's the selfish part. I think you're going to be blown away by Eric's perspective on how love, fear, and energy all impact business outcomes. Let's go to the interview now. So Eric, you have started and sold several businesses since a very young age. You've scaled your current business to over 1,400 employees across the nation and globally. And you recently closed on a, a round of financing that, that values your company at close to $2 billion. I'd love to hear about some of the important trends that you're seeing in the workplace and or even in our society that might impact the workplace. Well, it's a great question, and I love how you position that last piece of it because I think society as a whole and the workplace, is there is no difference. We're just one energy. So whether you're on the couch hanging with your, your buddies or you're coming to some environment in, in some work environment, all you can be is that, is that energy and that person that you are. And so in my mind, the consciousness of society and the consciousness of the workplace is continually evolving and shifting. And, and I think all people want, whether they're – out of the workplace or in the workplace is to be in an environment that supports them as human beings. They want to be seen. They want to be supported. And at some level, and it sounds cheesy in the workplace, but they want to be loved. You know, we have at Pay Simple, which is a company, a predecessor company, and you walk in on the wall, there's a big thing that says, you know, you know bring your love, bring your passion, bring the energy that I makes you, it. you. And so all we want as an organization is in my opinion, all most people want, is we want to create an environment that allows people to be who they are as, as human beings and the, the highest level of that and give them the platform to grow as both people and professionals. And if you do that, that is no different than if you're somebody's dear friend, what kind of friends do I want my kids to have? I want them to hang around with people that make them feel good about themselves. I want to hang around with people that allow them to grow because they're supported and they're loved. And it's no different within the workplace. So if we can create that environment that allows people to be who they are and feel supported, well, selflessly, 
that's just a great thing. Selfishly, right. do I think we're going to get you know more productivity and, and and better better talent and more growth? Yeah, I do, and I've seen it over the years. And so, the selfishly always follows us selflessly, in my opinion. But you yeah. know, that is just our opinion. In in my strong opinion, of the trend that I think I think people always wanted it. But the trend is people are realizing they can have it. Work doesn't have to be this place where they, you know, drudge for eight, nine, ten hours a day, whatever that would be. It could be a place that isn't actually just a, another platform for their own growth. And yeah. if you can provide that, and you can provide that environment, it doesn't mean it's all, you know, bells and whistles, and you're just having the, you know, singing kumbaya. There's real business and there's real accountability. You mentioned them approaching almost a two billion dollar valuation. We have real board of directors and real investors and real <laughs> right. capital. And so, you know, there's a responsibility and an obligation and an accountability to perform and act in a way that is expected at the scale of organization that we are. Mm -hmm. And we take that very, very seriously. It doesn't mean that you can't bring within the environment of the workplace an environment that still supports people as being people. And you can run an organization based on love, not fear. The things that will make you successful, in my opinion, within an organization, are the same things that will make you successful just as a, a, a human being and a person. So I don't see any distinction between those two trends. It's why I really like the question you asked. Yeah, thanks, Eric. And I, your, your answer is so, um, it's so interesting because I have been, I think, really curious and really fascinated about how do we bring more humanity into the workplace? And people have some very core human workplace needs. You touched on some of them and, and none of that is soft. You touched on love, passion, a couple of things that you'd mentioned. And you know we think that there are some very core needs that people have that we have outside of work, but we bring those into work, connection with others. People want to know their contributions yeah. are valued. They want certainty and safety so that they can engage in the dialogue that matters. They want clarity as people so that they know what's expected of them. And then we tend to think in terms of like higher level fulfillment needs around challenging work and, and impact that people can make in the community. And I, I just, I love that you're creating a platform where people can bring themselves into it and be their best because as you mentioned, they get what they need and the business also gets what they need. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So what, how do you do that? What, the platform that you create, how do you allow for that humanity and that, that love and, and operating less out of fear and more out of you know, expansiveness? How do you do that? I mean, it starts with, you know, it's just all people, right? It starts with, yeah. you know, it starts with my vision of the energy that I want it selfishly, that mm -hmm. I want to go to work to every day. So when I started, when I, be, when I started starting companies uh, years ago, as I evolved and grew as just, you know, in my own, my own personal growth, what was the environment that I wanted to walk in the door every day? And what would that feel like to me? And it was my view, this was, you know, almost 15 years ago that, you know, I don't know, if it's possible. And I used to kind of joke, it's, it was really great when you had a cute little ice cream company in Vermont talking about love and this, but you know, could I build a fintech company in downtown Denver with similar principles? Hmm. And the answer was, I didn't know, but I just assumed there was some people that were going to vibrate at that same level that I want to vibrate. And so, yeah. you know, I want to be very clear. It's not better or worse. And we're not right. And someone else is wrong. It's just the energy that we want to create for our organization. And right. people will either come in and connect with that or they won't, and either way is good. But because I created that kind of 
energy and vibration that this is what we are, when the people do come into it, if it clicks, all it does is multiply. And so from the senior leadership perspective, the kind of people that are hiring have a very similar view. So energetically, are you going to fit what we're trying to accomplish as just a, as, as a person? And if you are, then do you have the qualifications? But if you have the qualifications and you don't fit, and it's not a culture, this is not drink the Kool-Aid and we're all hanging out on the weekends. I got three kids and I'm, I'm gone. Like I work and I, I, I love who I work with, but I got my own life. So it's more about creating the environment of different types of people with different ideas and different thoughts, but they share a common goal of just being good human beings. They're yeah. good people. And then if you start with that, and then, then they have the skill set and the talent to be very, very successful, that starts evolving from itself. And so I do think it, it is a top-down to start. And then what happens is if you create the right environment, ultimately what happens is the people who come into this environment, they like the environment and they want that yeah. environment to be like that environment. So they start self-creating the environment. And so it goes well beyond my original thoughts. It goes to a collective energy and a collective conscious of what we ultimately want to create and how do we almost police ourselves to make sure that we bring in the next lot of people and the next people and the next people that share a similar belief of this is an environment we want to go in and, and feel safe and feel secure yeah. and feel supported that we can do the best we can do. With that said, there's a high level of accountability and people get confused sometimes. You know, I brought up earlier, like we're not singing around singing Kumbaya, right? We're, we're working hard and people are working really hard. Yeah, I was on, I was on a call with my general counsel last night at, you know, 1130 AM and I got a text from her at 602 AM this morning. And so there's a lot of work and a lot of accountability. And if it doesn't work, we're never going to shift our energy and start being jerks. You know, we're going to give the same love as you walk out the door, as you walked in, but mm -hmm. it just might, might not be the right platform for you. So it's, it's not about lowering the expectation of output or accountability or ownership of what you do, but it's giving you the best tools and the best environment to be successful. And then as an individual, you'll either step up to that or you won't. We can't control that. All we can do is provide that environment to be supportive for you to yeah. be successful. We tend to think about leadership in general as a combination of both being focused on results and focused on relationships. And they're both equally important. And so just because you're focused on the relationship side and, and how you engage in people doesn't mean you can't drive results or, or be, take a, a, immense amounts of ownership or accountability, as you mentioned. One enables the other, if you will, and they're both important in yeah. business. Agreed. So you, start out, you started out with this idea of seeing culture in a different way. And so you brought your, the vision of, of the energy that you had into the organization. I'm really curious, how, how do you maintain that? You've seen your business scale. How do you go from five to 10 to 50 to 500 and, and now well over a thousand people and still maintain that important energy that you're trying to create? Well, it evolves, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a constant evolution and it's different today than it was when we were five people. There's no way around that. And, you know, like I said, it's my voice ultimately becomes, goes on deaf ears because you can only hear me for so long. It, it really becomes how important is it to the rest of the organization to maintain and grow and evolve that, that energy and that culture because that is really that collective that drives it to the next level. The next people that they're going to be hiring, 
I, I might never even meet. And so did I create enough of a platform? Is it ingrained enough of what was important to us as an organization? And, and if it is up at the top level, it will drip down through the rest of the organization. Different, you know, like evolves in some ways that I would be totally like, yes, in some ways where I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. I might have not gone that direction. But the underlying kind of container that, that yeah. I, I've created and, and continue to look at will continue to support people as professionals and as individuals, treat them with love and respect. And if, if that is out of line in any way, shape or form that we become aware of, that, that those shifts do happen. Is it the same, like I talked earlier, like it was when we started this company? No, it's very different. It is, you can't have the same level of one-to-one. Right. Uh, there's different leaderships. We have multiple subsidiaries that honestly have their own cultures and their own energies. Right. And people join those companies before we bought them for different reasons than, than they would have joined our company. And so we're very respectful to other cultures and other environments hmm. as long as within that container, it does has one similar overlap that people are creating the environment that they feel that they can be the best they can be. They're supported as individuals, they're supported as professionals, and there's that inclusion aspect of everything they do. And so if, if we buy your company, I don't look at your employee thinking that you try to apply for ever, a job at Evercommerce. You applied for a job at XYZ company right. because you connected with that energy and that vibration. We're very thoughtful and very respectful of why you apply for that job. Now, what can we do at Evercommerce to make that organization even better, to make that culture or, or something around your experience even greater? And that's what we try to focus a lot of our energy because as we've expanded, it's not about a one-to-one or you joining my organization. It's what can we do that we've learned that we think would be helpful for your organization and your experience? And how do we, how do we bring that out through the rest of the organization? Yeah. So it's in a way, it's, it sounds like as you might honor the individuality of a, of a person, you're doing that even with a portfolio company that, that sure. you're bringing in. They've got their own unique way of being in culture, but there has to be some level of alignment totally. with, with Evercommerce. You mentioned earlier selfishness versus selflessness. I'd love to hear more of your philosophy or, or perspective on that. It's an older one. So I, I used to think about this all the time. But if you think about, like, I used to always kind of think there's a line in the middle and yeah. on the left side is selfless, on the right side is selfish and selfish. And if you come from the selfless side, meaning like your genuine intent is to, you know, do something of value for somebody else or create an environment or whatever that would be, or a customer, provide just great value, then selfishly, you're team's going to be excited. Your customers are going to buy more products. And so if you, if you start on the right le- side of that ledger, to yeah. me, that, 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 that just keeps going. If you start on the wrong side and you're focused on what's in it for me, and then, oh, by the way, oh, yeah, that's great. That's good for you as well. And, I, and this is a terrible example, and it's not fair, but I'll use it anyway. If, if you think of like you know, Comcast for small business, I just say this, right. Comcast is Comcast and they create a product now for small business. So in their mind, we have this product, we'll create Comcast for small business. Oh great, does it actually work for small business? That's fantastic. But their, their ledger was, this is great. Selfishly, we might have a product we can push down into the SMB world so they get better connectivity. And then selflessly, that, great, it works for them, that's fantastic. But I, I don't think they intended to start an organization to say, how do we help small businesses grow more effectively and then create a product for that intense, right? And so, that, and again, it's not 
black and white and terribly wrong. They're using them as an example. I'm sure they provide a ton of value for their, their SMB customers. Right. But at a real more a cleaner way is what can we do as an organization to simplify and empower the lives of small business owners all over the world? And that's our true intent before we do anything else. Then you create products, you create services, you create interactions, you create a culture around serving that. And then selfishly, if you did a good job there, then you provided that value, then you'll generate the returns and the revenue and the, the profits based upon the value you're creating. So that, that's just a little bit of a difference of how I kind of mm-hmm. define the selfless and the selfish. Yeah. So it's a, it's a starting point and a way of thinking and when done right, when you're providing that market value and something that potential customers want, whoever that is, then on the selfish side, you see the returns because yeah. you're, you're and, offering that value. Exactly. And it's always, you know, it's not always black and white, as I said, and it's not aligned directly on the middle because things shade on both sides. But I, I do believe specifically with, with team, our team is always focused selflessly. What can we do to create the environment for people to be successful? And selfishly, how is that going to create an output for that? But yeah. it's really focused on the front end. And, and when it doesn't work for people, that's cool. And we never get angry that they never got over here. We just realize that maybe that wasn't the right fit, you know, that we didn't create the right environment. What could have we done better? And or potentially it just wasn't the right opportunity for that individual. So yeah. I, I do think, though, if, you, if your intent is truly to create value, no matter where that value is going to be uh, utilized internally or externally, you know, and that's your real core focus every day. The other side takes care of itself. Yeah. Mentioned accountability earlier. It's easy for people to see this platform that you're creating around bringing your best self to work and, and sort of this humanness that you've got with this platform, but not to confuse it with this is also a highly accountable organization. Yeah. How do you approach accountability in this fast-growing place? Yeah, and I, this hasn't changed since almost day one where there's, there was confusion yeah. often because yeah. especially with younger people, college grads, they come into an environment like, well, this is great and there's great environment and there's lunches and all this other stuff. And they often get that confused with, the high level of accountability. And so right. we're very transparent with our, our goals, objectives, our intentions of what we want from, from both the organization and then individually. You know, everyone has, you know, we, we, have, we use, you know, an executional framework called OKRs and people have mm-hmm. direct responsibilities of what they need to accomplish. And then we hold people to a pretty high level of uh, responsibilities. And that accountability is kind of driven in early in the organization of, of yeah. someone's tenure. And they either step up and thrive in it or, the, or they don't. The, you know, the train is going and the train has been going for many years and some people will ride it and keep riding it, which is the, the greatest thing for me as an you know, entrepreneur and a professional, you know, as a, a leader to watch people just continue to scale and grow within an organization. And I've had people with me, you know, I've had a, the woman who runs, who's my CMO, she's now a CMO of a 1500 person organization and she started with me out of school at 22, um, wow. kind of an account rep, and has grown in the last 12 years to be one of the best marketing professionals I've ever been around, like ever. Mm. That is why I built companies. That is, it is the most exciting thing in the world to watch somebody like that and grow and, and have an opportunity and fail and step up and step up and fail and step up and step up, but keep right. pushing themselves to the next level and having the support of the organization 
to let them go through their stages. You know, I've watched her get married. I've watched her have kids. And so, you know, that whole thing, but never did she stop growing as a professional as well as she was growing personally. On the flip side, as that train's moving, some people jump off the train and some people right. get asked to get off the next stop, you know, and, and that's okay too. And so it's, we never lower our standards of, of expectation yeah. of execution, regardless of our, our willingness and ability to, to support people. So it's, to me, they're not incongruent, but we, but people sometimes get them confused. And when they do, we just have to be very clear about our expectations. And we're not going to be clear in a way that isn't congruent with our way we want to talk to people, but it's still going to be very clear with our, our end expectations or this just isn't the right environment for you. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is in, in my kind of work history, everybody wants to thrive. And by the way, I want yeah. everybody to thrive. And so if somebody's not thriving at our organization, you know, the last thing that I want them to do is be in a place where they're not succeeding. So when you ask somebody to leave the train, it's not you know, yes, and sometimes it doesn't feel good, but the reality is people rarely look back and be like, oh, I wish I was over there. No, they find the next opportunity that suits them better, and hopefully they, they start kicking ass and doing a great job, and then they feel great about themselves. And so it's never a good thing to keep somebody in an environment that they're not either best fit or thriving as an individual because that doesn't feel good for them, doesn't feel good for me, or doesn't, it's not great for the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so, again, so much humanity to that, creating that platform that it's not a fit for everybody. And when people are, are ready to move on, or if it's not a good fit, then they can find a better fit somewhere totally. else that totally. allows them to thrive so, somewhere else. And that, to me, that's also a very selfless perspective on how you approach business. And by the way, to, to me, that whole clarity piece, I mean, I, I've worked with organizations that where employees don't have clarity and it's a very foundational human need. Yeah. So you're creating that clarity through those OKRs and your accountability system. And that also allows people to thrive. Yeah. And by the way, you know, like I said, we're, we do plenty of things. We try to do a lot of things right, but we do plenty of things wrong. And there's times when our, our, we, we're going so fast that our clarity could be better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to own our own yeah. shit all the time. You know, we have to yeah. own that when we're in the middle of a financing, you know, we take our eye off the ball, some things that are critical to right. team growth or organizational growth, or just, just, just as an example, but it gets back to like my view, you know, I think we talked about this earlier, you know, the word authentic leadership gets thrown around all the time. And like, yeah. you know, what does that mean? And, right. and to me, you know, what that means, yes, there's a core base of being transparent and, you know, sharing information and, and trying to treat people, you know, in an authentic nature. But to me, it's much more about be willing to be evolving and dynamic organization, yeah. both evolving and dynamic as an individual. Because as I sit here right now, and we talk in this moment right here, I am being 100% authentic as I believe I am. Now, I could find out tomorrow, and I probably will, that I was full of shit today. And that's totally cool because we, I grew and I evolved, and I realized, oh, my God, what we talked about yesterday, that is actually that, – that, I was kind of off there. And if I'm willing to continually check myself and willing to continually focus on what I wasn't – I could have done better – that to me is authentic leadership because I can only be authentic with myself. And if I'm not authentic with myself, I can't be authentic with the rest of the organization. And I think often it gets confused that I'm going to keep telling you what's right and what's wrong because this is where I am, but I've stopped growing. I've stopped evolving. I've stopped calling my own self out 
you know, working on my own self. And so how am I going to be real with you and I'm not being real with myself? And so that's how we kind of look at authentic leadership. And, you know, I, we talk about coaching all the time. I highly encourage, we had, a, we had an internal corporate coach for mm-hmm. five years in this company. He's since wow. left. A lot of my team still works with them, but I highly encourage most of my leadership or all my leadership team to find someone they work with and they find someone that helps find their blind spots and call them out. Because if you're not working on yourself, it gets really hard to work on other people because you stop. And when you stop and you're not moving and growing, you're fundamentally limiting your ability to help that other person because they're going to grow by you. Growth doesn't stop. You know, it's companies don't stop. It's an ongoing, evolving, dynamic process. And so kind of get away from that authentic leadership mindset of terms of using those words. And it's much more, and I don't even label this. This is more just my view of the world. Mm-hmm. It's more like intention leadership. You know, yeah. what's your intention? You know, we're, let's make the assumption that we're trying to be authentic, that we're growing as individuals and we're going to continually evolve. We're going to continue to check our own shit at the door and we're going to figure out where we're wrong and, and hopefully make corrections of that. But are we coming to each interaction with, with the intention, the best for myself, the best for you, and the best for your organization? And I give a great example, which you probably see this all the time in your coaching. But what happens when, when companies grow and communication starts getting harder? And, and to me, it's usually intention is not seen the same way and intention gets off. So if you walk in my office and I'm, I'm having a conversation and my intention for every single person that works in an organization, I want them to go to the fucking moon. I don't care if it's at Evercommerce or anywhere else, anywhere else. I want them to thrive as, as individuals and, and professionals. So that's my intention. I start with that. We're having a conversation. I'm talking to four or five people. And I say something that you kind of take in a way that was like, you know, what the fuck was that? That, that didn't feel good. Now, I didn't know that because my intention was in a good space, right? So you leave the office. You don't come back and say something to me. But you got a little bit of an edge now because you, you didn't feel good about it. So we didn't deal with it. But now you have something. Next day, you come in and we're talking about something else as a group. And nobody else in the, in the group feels anything I said was, was off. But because you already had a little bit of an edge of what I said yesterday, that edge gets over here. And now you're taking everything I say a little bit more personally. Next thing you know, we're not communicating. Or if we are communicating, it's not in a very authentic nature. And so you misinterpret my intention and you never dealt with it. And so what we try to do, and we're not perfect, is if you can't do it in the moment, you leave my office, come back and say, hey, Eric, I don't know what the intention there, but like that felt off to me. Like that, I took that as kind of a, kind of a personal attack, whatever. And, oh my God, I, that was not my intent. Here's what I meant. We could agree to disagree. Like you could, you could have a different opinion of it. That's not only okay, it's usually better. But if you clarify the intention of what you're trying to say in the moment or soon thereafter, then you're like, oh, okay. Like we totally disagree about it, but I know you weren't coming at me like that. So then we go on and continue to talk as as uh, you know, communi- communicate as peers and professionals and partners with right. the business. And I think if you can do that quickly and you give people permission to call themselves out or call the other, the flip side of that is you could have came back and be like, you know what? I was off. You know, I had a bad day. I tripped over the garbage can. I, I kicked my dog. I got to kick my dog. I don't, I don't even have a dog. I, I would <laughs> right. never kick my dog. Let me, say that. Let me say that again. I would never kick my dog. But, you know, my, 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 my daughter upset me. You know, I had a bad phone call on the way to the office. And, yeah. and I was a little bit off. And you know what? You're totally right. You know, thanks for calling me out on that. My intention was this. It came off the wrong way. And we're all good. And it's not, there's a 
thin line between having quick real-time communications for better productivity and thinking, this is Dr. Phil. We're not Dr. Phil. I'm not trying to solve and have therapy within the office as individuals. Your coaches can, and that's great. But communication and being direct with your intent is not a, a soft thing. It's actually incredibly uh, focused on better productivity and better communication. Because I use the example between just you and me. Pretend that was my head of my sales or head of marketing. Now, all of a sudden, those two aren't talking. So my sales and marketing directors or VPs or head of, head of departments have an edge on themselves. And they've created this block where their departments become silos. Right. And if you don't start giving people permission to have those conversations and to nip that shit in the butt early, you start creating silos all over your company. And that's bad for productivity. So selflessly, it's just a better place to work. Getting back to selfishly, if that happens, that sucks for your company because you are not being productive when those two people have egos and edges about not communicating effectively with each other. Uh, There's, there's so much we could unpack if we had time in there, Eric, that that's awesome. And and to me, one of the most important components that you said is, Hey, we're not perfect. And by the way, perfection should never be our goal. We're, we've got this human workplace. People will make mistakes. There's all sorts of dynamics that go on. But our ability to own our shit is so critical because it allows, it allows the conversation to move forward and it allows us to get to the point more quickly and make those very consequential business decisions. One of the questions that I often ask leaders is, what's your contribution to the results that you're getting? Whether it's high turnover on your team or tension in a relationship with somebody else. How can you own your own stuff and then have more productive, healthy, direct, transparent, honest, and respectful conversations with each other? And again, there's, there's a selfish component to this, right? We get better business results when we can get to the point quicker. There's a selfless component here, which is we create healthier workplaces where people thrive and they, they really want to be there. So, well, and then one piece of that that you didn't bring up, your growth journey didn't end when you walk out that door. Yeah. If you're growing within this platform, which can, all we are, all businesses is a platform for growth, right? If I, yeah. if I play baseball, Every day I'd go to the office, which would be my, the ballpark, and I'd have good days or bad days, and those bad days would be opportunities for me to make my swing better or whatever it would be, and I would learn about myself within that process. So when you walk out that door, if you utilize this platform for grow, you're going to be a better partner, hopefully a better parent, uh, a better friend, not because anything we're doing specifically, just because you're working on yourself as a human being, as an individual, and that's going to translate, hopefully, in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Without a doubt. There's a connection, the things that we have to do in those relationships outside of work, very similar, if not the same, to be successful. Totally. So I I, I love when leaders see that connection. We often try to put a wall in between those personal and professional relationships. But when you become a more effective team member or leader in the workplace, it impacts every relationship outside of work and, and vice versa. And the concept of business as a platform of growth just gives it more meaning. It gives yeah. us more meaning in, in our life and, and we get to start impacting people. One sort of last question or area I'd love to go to, Eric, is how do you take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually? What, what does that look like for you? And part of what I bump up against in the workplace are you know, super busy, aggressive, results-oriented leaders and that either fitness or health and well-being aspect is often missing from their life. What's your advice for that busy, 
overachieving exactly. Yeah, no, I, I get it because I've been there too. And uh, as yeah. I've grown and evolved and realized that activity doesn't necessarily equal productivity. And if you're not focused on creating a healthy space within yourself, you're going to, that's going to translate externally as well. So I, you know, I, I have a daily meditation practice and I know it's a little cliche, but I, I, I do, I, I meditate for, you know, 30 minutes every morning before I wake up and 29 out of 30 days a month and maybe a day where I'm just like, oh shit, I woke up late, I got to run and I'll try to squeeze it in later. But I try to start it when I start my day. And then usually five days a week, I'll, I'll work out. I, you know, I swim, I'm a big swimmer, so I swim a lot and I swim or I have uh, go to the gym and I'm just staying fit. You know, I'm not going to yeah. sign up for any bodybuilding contest anytime soon right. as you right. see my build here, but I'm, I'm in good shape and I try to stay fit, but more, I want energy. I want, I want the fitness. Yeah. I want the clarity of mind. So I could just be better, start with just a, just better. It makes me more present with my kids, makes me more present at the office. And, and when I don't do that, once you get in a groove and you stop doing it, it doesn't feel good. Like it's just, you, you don't want to lose that kind of that flow. And, mm-hmm. and then I do other things. I mean, I'm, in the last couple of years, I mean, I, I get uh, frequent massages. I go to acupuncture. Like I'm, yeah. I'm running and we're running fast, man. We've, we've grown 10x in the last two and a half years. You know, we've gone from, you know, a little over 100 employees to 1,500 employees in, in two and a half years. And wow. so yeah. the speed and the pace of what we're going at, which I love, I get off on that and I thrive on it. If I don't take care of myself and, and support me in some level, it just gets off the rails. I know it does. And so this is, yeah. I have a coach, my, my coach harps right. on it. We, we talk about it. Right. I'm like, I'm somewhat disciplined, but I'm just as undisciplined as anybody else. And I can get off right. that and start focusing on, you know, more travel, more this, more that. And, and I realize if I don't try to get good sleep and I'm, I'm an okay sleeper, not bad, not great. Okay. And I travel and that makes it even harder. And you got to take the time to refresh yourself. So when I do yeah. that, I'm just better. I get more done in a short amount of time. I have more kind of flexibility with where I do work because I have the clarity no matter you know where I am to be, be doing it. So I find it really helpful to me. Everyone has their own ways of you know, getting their own clarity and getting their own space. But I recommend strongly that finding that space that gives you that clarity. And that could be after work, yeah. basketball or or yoga in the morning or whatever, whatever it is for you. It doesn't, there's no right or wrong, but I do think it's an important part of, uh, um, you know, going fast within our organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, you know, part of what I really like about that is people have the ability to, to customize this aspect of life for themselves. And similar to you, I have a, a morning routine. It starts at 5.00 AM. There's, it's usually, it's a combination of some meditation, some gratitude, some visualization, some journaling, a few very simple stretching or, or light yoga moves. But that sets my day up with intention. Totally. I have a lot of clarity. And when I miss it, because I do from time to time as well, when I miss it, it's everything's different. Totally. So, the, and there's, there's more and more research that connects the importance of mindfulness where where we can become more aware internally, it helps us live and lead with more intention externally, whether it's in sports, business, or anything in between. So for all of our, our listeners, I mean, I, I've asked this question with a number of our guests, and it's, it's always so nice to hear what people do differently to take care of themselves yeah. and find that clarity. I certainly encourage people to do the same. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show today. Insightful, you're an amazing, holistic man who's done so much personally and professionally. And I know this is going to be extremely helpful for all of our listeners. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate taking the time as well. And it's been great getting to know you. 
Thanks, Eric. Take care. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.